The rule of three states, things that come in threes are inherently more appealing than those that don't. With the next generation GMC Sierra, Canyon, and Sierra Heavy Duty, we couldn't agree more. Whether you choose to have the world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate available on the next generation 2019 GMC Sierra SLT, AT4, and Denali models to confidently take on heavy loads with the available 6.6-liter V8 Duramax turbo diesel in the GMC Sierra Heavy Duty, or to get behind the wheel of the only mid-size premium pickup on the road, the GMC Canyon, you'll realize all three help you do one thing go professional grade step up to gmc and current eligible gm owners get 20 percent below msrp on next generation 2019 gmc sierra double cab and sle crew cab models with a traditional tailgate we are professional grade gmc must be a current owner lessee of a 2005 model year or newer gm vehicle for at least 30 days prior to the new vehicle sale offer includes price reduction below msrp and purchase allowance not available with special financing lease and some other offers take retail delivery by 9 30 19 see participating dealer for details Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, the Dew Sweeper. You're about to listen to an episode of The Tour Coach, which is going to give you an inside look at coaching golf at the very highest level from on the PGA Tour with my guys all the way to here at Mobile, Alabama in the Dew Sweeper Dome as we help folks of all skill levels, all walks of life, learn to achieve their golfing goals. Your PGA Tour players right now aren't playing tournament golf, which is their job, right? And you guys typically are there to support them, whether it's the off the off season or an off week or an on week, you're working with them to help them perform better. Um, so like, what the heck are, are players doing right now? Well, I mean, I, I, I'll start. Uh, first thing I think is this is a great opportunity. I think Colby told his guys the same thing that when this started, it's a great opportunity to make sure when it when the bell gets rung to go back, we all know we're gonna go back at some point, we don't know when, to come out of this better than you were. Because I think the people that really, it's, you know, it's like in, in his gym where it says the season favors the prepared. Like the people that wanna be great and the people that wanna be the best are gonna find a way to still work. They're gonna find a way to be better and you know, more of this is more Colby's arena, but like, when do they get two months or whatever to get their bodies in better shape with not having to worry about playing the next week? And, and from a golf swing perspective, when do they have an opportunity to work on things without worrying what it's going to feel like on Thursday or, you know, out of bounds to the left or right? So for me, I tried to approach this. There's a lot of bad shit going on in the world, but this is a great look at this as a positive and a great opportunity instead of a negative. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, basically, what we try to do as soon as this happened, it was a, it was a pretty big shock for everybody, you know, because right now <clears throat> we're in we're in tournament mode. So there's tournaments every week. Uh, we're getting ready. So now when this when this occurred, like I told him, like this is an opportunity for us to get better. It's an opportunity for us to get stronger. And that way, when the season does crank up, whoever did the most work and did the most to be prepared is going to be ready. going to be that close. <clears throat> They'll be a lot closer to winning than any, anybody else. So for me, yeah, we, we dove right into it. Like when we got back from the players championship, like everybody that I train in the gym, like we basically dove right into the new programming, worked on, a lot of the stuff that we work on in the off season, like getting stronger, working on mobility, working on stability, just just really keeping their bodies in 
in shape and in a condition to where when they get ready to crank back up, you're going to see where before a lot of guys could play two weeks and then take off a week or take off two weeks and then play their scheduling the way they wanted to do it. But realistically, what we're looking at now is when we get back into the swing of the season, it's going to probably, most guys are going to play nine to 10 weeks straight. Yeah, more than they've ever played. Yeah, so their conditioning is going to be even more vital than ever before because, you know, like we're going to make, we have to make sure that we got all our, all our T's crossed and dotting all the I's. So, um, so it's, it's a challenge of course, because with the gyms closed down too, like we're from on my side of it, like I'm doing a lot of FaceTiming and, and, you know, kind of like a virtual training almost, you know, I mean, luckily, you know, some of my guys went out when the season um, got canceled or postponed, everybody went, on the sites and I made them buy equipment and we purchased equipment for them to take it at their home. Like I was on the phone today with Lucas going over his program that he was doing in his garage. So um, it's just a testament to the hard work that these players do that take and put the time in week in and week out to be the best players in the world. And they're, they're the best players in the world for a reason. We're seeing it now. Greg, we've been, we've been chatting regularly through this. Um, we've been working on a project, which is very exciting. Um, but some of your comments about this um, might be a little bit uh, different than than the other guys is putting in the hard work and stuff. And so I'm yeah. I, I'm curious for you to share some of your thoughts because you definitely had some interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that we've been dealing with with the guys is the uncertainty, right? Like if you knew you were coming back, say June first, you would prepare leading up to June first. These guys have never prepared with such uncertainty before. So there's a little bit of an adjustment period. Um, look, it, it, you always got to get in the gym, right? You always got to take care of your body. And that's important to maintain regardless. But in terms of practicing, you get really burnt out practicing for three months without any competition. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it can be a little bit dangerous to, do, to think you have to do too much all the time. Also, especially in golf, right? Like the idea is that you could always get better. And if you're not doing something right now, you're missing out. Someone else is getting better we're all in the same sort of position. I mean, there's different pockets in the, in the country where people, I guess, can still play. Um, but you're not missing out. And you're going to have plenty of time to prepare physically once you know exactly when you're going to play again. Like these, these tournaments are on the schedule, which is great. Who knows if that's going to happen? And I'm not being pessimistic. It, it, it's nice to see those. It gives a little bit more structure. We can start to prepare. I think June was it June seventeenth is the first event or, or something like that. Now, tentative, I think. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> no, all tentative. So, so it can be. You, you got to be really careful from the mental side um, to think that you have to do so much with all this free time. If you want to be lazy for a little bit, and you are, don't judge yourself. Be lazy. You're going to be ready. These guys are the best athletes in the world. They're best at what they do. They're not going to slack off when they know it's time to come. Um, obviously, but again, Jim, you keep, you do that regardless of whether you're playing or not. Even guys who don't play are doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. But in terms of practice and work, you can almost do too much, I think. And, and that, that's, it's trying to find that fight. This has never happened before. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows how to best navigate this, but I can guarantee you one thing. All these guys that play at the highest level have never had this much time off in their entire life without competition. Yeah. Force, force time off. Force time. I'm not talking about injury or anything else but where they just can't play they're ready to play but they can't 
It, one thing that I think is important, and this goes on the fitness side, Colby, and the golf instruction side for players. I mean, this is for regular golfers, but like because most of us have nothing to do right now, there's so much stuff on the internet, like mm-hmm. on, on social media. Every day you turn on, I mean, there's stuff like this every day, all day, every night. And it's real easy for people to get flooded with information. But you still have to stay committed to whatever it is you do with your trainer and your golf teacher. I think it's like you got to be careful that you don't information overload during this. And from a teacher, I think one of the things you have to be careful of is like we've never had two months or three months with somebody where they didn't have to play. We got to be careful to not overthink things and over tinker and say, Oh, well, I wonder if it'd be a whole lot better if we tried this. Like I'm going to use Lucas as an example, but like we know what he does when he plays really, really good. And he played great. Like mm-hmm. just cause we got two months, we don't need to overthink that. Right. I mean, so I think that's a good lesson for everybody out there. Like just because you got a bunch of time off doesn't mean you also need to go experiment with a whole bunch of crazy shit that you don't even know if it's ever going to work. No, I mean, I agree. Like we keep, we keep everything neutral. You know what I mean? We're, we're not doing anything. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel or anything like that. We're trying to just stay on, on point on what we work on and what we're good at. And like take somebody, for instance, for Lucas, like we're, we're still working on separation, him being able to load into his right side more efficiently, use his pivot. So all the exercise that we're doing, we're just increasing the volume of it from time to time. And to piggyback off what uh, Dr. Greg said, it's absolutely true. Like I, I honestly know for a fact that not one of my players are playing golf right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they're not, they're not okay. Ju- Justin Thomas, the Dustin Johnson, like all Lucas, all those guys, like they're not, they're actually like not even swinging a golf club, mm-hmm. which, and which goes to credit what Dr. Greg was saying. And that's what it'll keep them charged up mentally. I feel like yeah. when it, when it, when the bell rings, they'll be ready and- to go. And from an interesting point to further what you guys both just said is like, so Zach Suka came down, hit some balls this afternoon. First time I've seen him, what, since, what, I don't know, two months, he hadn't hardly been playing. He hit it fantastic. Like yeah. taking a break doesn't mean you're going to suck when you come back. Yeah. No, golfers are afraid to take time off because they think they're being lazy, but it's actually yeah. one of the hardest things to do is yeah. to take time off as everyone is experiencing right now. How hard is it? Yeah. That's not being lazy. That takes work to take time off. And, and you're not missing out on anything. And that's, I think, always the fear. And I think, look, for the first month or so, or however long people have been in this, it was like, right, I'm going to go keep, I'm going to keep busting my ass. I'm going to keep getting better. And now we've reached a point where we're like, Oof, now what? Now we still got another month or two and, and, and I'm getting bored and I'm getting burnt out and I'm going to find something else to do to keep me occupied and keep me entertained and there's some things maybe I can do that I've never had a chance to do before because I have all this time and the golf's not going anywhere it's going to be there and you'll be more than ready to go everyone's going to be ready to go when it's time to play again I agree yeah there's a lot of pressure though Greg of feeling like you have to be productive Mm -hmm. like you know you see what other people are posting on social media or whatever it is um We've lost T. <laughs> He'll be back. That's all right. <laughs> He'll be back. Um, no, like there's a lot of pressure to try to do something good right now because you feel like you need to catch up or you mm-hmm. need to do something productive every day. Yeah. And it's really difficult to not do anything. Like that's just really it hard is. for any competitive, sure. you know, kind of. Oh, no, yeah. 
No, I agree. Like even when, when it first happened, like they were getting to the point where I had to like pull the reins back on a lot of my guys. Cause they need, they felt like they needed to work out twice a day, mm. you know, seven days a week. And I was like, no, like we're not changing right. the, the script. Like we're going to work out three to four days a week. Like we always do. And on Wednesday, if today's your off day, then sleep and watch TV or mm. go read a book or do something you know, that just breaks you away from that, that feeling of you have to go, 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 go. Because we're, for me, from my standpoint too, is I got to watch because I can't overtrain you because then, then we start to increase the risk of injury because you got to right. put so much time and attention and you're just beating the body up and then there's no recovery. So I constantly preach that to my guys, like the recovery is just as important as the training. And like, you got to treat it the same way, just from the nutrition side and just from the hydration side, you know, like what I've been kind of doing is challenging my guys just from a hydration side, like <clears throat> let's set this kind of goal and let's really feel, really see what your body feels like when you're truly hydrated. Like when you make that kind of effort to do that now and then just kind of get them, you know, and Greg can probably, Dr. Greg can probably speak on this more, just kind of get their attention off that one harsh blinders, just keep going, keep going, keep going and just try to get them to just relax a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> more than anything. Yeah, I think it's really seductive to sort of look long term and say, all right, when I get back, I'm going to be able to do this, right? And I'm going to, I'm going to want to be able to do this when I get back. And I'm going to have to work so this many hours each day to get there. And, and that's a pretty daunting sort of long term goal. And with all the uncertainty, we just don't have a time frame right now. So mm. if you can find something each day to take care of and stay engaged in what you're doing right now, like I use the example with players all the time. When we talk about, have you ever showed up to a golf course and played it for the first time and just played fantastic? No practice round. You don't know what's coming next, right? So it's very easy to stay focused on what you're doing right now. If you don't know what the tee shot's like on the 13th hole, you can hit the, your approach shot on three without any thoughts of what's coming next. And it's kind of a similar situation right now. If we don't know what's coming next, well, we can put all our focus and attention on what we're doing right now, and that's the best place to be. Mm -hmm. So we can really use this time to our, our advantage if we can keep that mindset instead of looking so far in the future when we don't know what's coming. This is the first time in the history of professional sports where we didn't know what was coming. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild, man. Like yeah. the world, it's changed. It's changing before us. You know, it is, and, and every day it's a little different. Yep, every day. Very I was talking good. to some, some of the baseball guys that I train too, like, man, this what they're talking about trying to move everything to Phoenix. Like it's, it's yeah. changed everything. Oh yeah. It's wild. It's yeah. Crazy. And even when it does come back, it's going to be different <clears throat> Yep, for a while. It's going to take a little while. The competitive piece won't be, but everything, things are going to be a little bit different. We don't know when that's going to happen. So let's just be focused on what we're doing right now. Tony, welcome back. It's good. To um, it's good to be back. Sorry. Sorry. A little technical change of scenery, change of scenery. Uh, <laughs> Colby, I, I got a question for you. So you talked about uh, the rest and recovery piece. Walk us through like, what does a week look like where you train appropriately and you rest and recover appropriately? Well, it just kind of just based on the split. Right. So like if we're doing a four day a week program, like we would train Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday would be an off day. And then we would do Thursday, Friday. And then Saturday, Sunday would be an off day. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's different kinds of splits that you can put into that. But, you know, and then we can do train one day and then the next day is just a real light, just recovery day where you just do some active isolator. That'd be like a cardio day <clears throat> where you would just work on cardiovascular fitness, either ride bikes or go for a walk or, you know, anything like that. So any type of active recovery is great too. And then you have the regular recovery 
that is more traditional where you're doing like the foam rolling and you and like some guys have Norma Tech, so they might even do ice baths and things like that. So it just depends on the individual, like the kind of programming that we have set up for them. But for me, like I never train an athlete more than three days in a row because just time and attention and just how just, just human kinetics in general, just from a neuromuscular standpoint and a central nervous system standpoint, like we got to give your body time to adapt to what we're trying to create for you. And if you just do it over and over and over and over again, sooner or later, it's like anything, right? That soreness that you feel is, is micro tears in the muscle fibers. So it's sore because we're damaging tissue. And the only way that tissue is going to respond properly is through nutrition and hydration. And then that, those, those micro tears start to build back and fill up with amino acids and things like that that you get in from your protein intake. And then now your body's going to get stronger and your body's going to adapt. So I basically always, the analogy I use is if you have a cut on your arm and your body, if you watch it day to day, like you put, might put a band down, but I'm just saying like, it'll heal on its own because that's what your body does. Well, right before that cut heals, I reopen it. And then right before it heals again, I reopen it again. Well, sooner or later, it's just not going to close because your body's just going to be like, well, I can't recover now because things are all out of whack. So, and you'll see that with your athletes too, because like if you start to train them and you get to where they get overtrained and it's got to do with recovery and how they're sleeping and just if they're getting a proper rest, if they're getting enough hydration. And then I can see them in the gym, they, the things that they did really good on Monday, they might start tapering off and start getting weaker if I would keep pushing them into Friday. So that recovery is huge. And I preach that to my athletes all the time because I get a lot of athletes that come in and that's all they know though. They just think they got to work out six days a week or seven days a week straight because going back to what Dr. Greg was saying, they feel like they're useless or they think they're getting worse if they're not working on something. So it's almost like an evolution of learning how their body works and responds to specific training modules and things like that. So, I mean, Kobe, hey, mm-hmm. is this a good time for like people to experiment a little bit with that? Like where you could push somebody? I mean, I'm just curious, like, because you know, it, like if you messed them up for a week, it kind of wouldn't matter. But like, could you push somebody to see like how much they can be pushed or how much recovery they need? Just curious. No, I'm always pushing them. I'm always pushing them because I want to push them. I want to push their heart rate. I want to push their lactate threshold as much as I can because I want their heart to be adaptable to high stress external factors that are in it's going to bring them into this position where if they get a lot more stressors coming in and the heart rate's going up to where if the heart's been there before the body can adapt to it then they might respond to it a lot more efficient than someone who's deconditioned and they get into a high pressure situation or something like that so and then with golf too i mean they're walking over and over and over again so what we're doing now is we're always trying to get stronger. Like I'm always trying to get my athletes stronger. So there's really nothing different that we're going to do. We could load them more because they don't have things coming on. Like we're looking at just from a strength component, like we might add more weight than what we normally do just to go through that phase also from a hypertrophy phase. But as far as, you know, pushing them and you've seen me work guys before and so Mm -hmm. has Dr. Greg, like we're always pushing. I mean, we're always trying to get better every day. So is really every 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 program, every workout session should have a purpose. And that purpose should be the process that you and I and Greg place in this athlete's arena for him to get better. And it's got to be all those components together. 
Hey, Greg, let me ask you this. The biggest question or one of the big issues I've gotten, not from tour players, but from like junior golfers, especially high school players and college players, because we've got a few college players we work with together is how do you do? I mean, they're really frustrated and they're pissed off that like some of them, their senior seasons have been canceled. Sure. Um, or, you know, like the high school kid who feels like they were in the middle of getting recruited and then all of a sudden the season's done. You know, I mean, that's kind of a touchy subject to tell kids because yeah. that's not something I've ever done. I mean, I don't know that any of us have done Nobody. Yeah, nobody but, else. You know, I mean, how do you handle that? I mean, because there's some kids, some college players. Heck, and we've got – we all know them. There's tour players who were on their way, working their way back, and all of a sudden the schedule's wiped out in front of them. Yeah. They don't know if Q school is going to happen and all that stuff. How do, you, how do you help folks like that? Well, the first piece is to validate how they're feeling, right? Like, we don't want to – get in their way and say, Oh, come on, man. Let's, let's move past. This is all right. It's no big deal. You'll, you'll, you'll get it. You, everything will be okay. Damn right. This sucks. And this is awful. And this is sad. And there's so many layers to this. There's a grieving process that people don't realize. Like we've gr- we're grieving the way our lives used to be, right? We've all lost the way our lives used to be. And that's a big piece of it. Then there's the health fear. Everyone, there's people that are afraid of their health. And then there's the economic fear. And then there's college kids that have lost their seasons and athletes that can't make money and play. There's so many layers to this that it's so important to validate first how they're feeling. And second, for them almost to normalize it. Like, look, we're all in this, not to sound cliche, together. Nobody knows how to navigate this the best way, right? So what is it that we can do? Put that question back on them. What is it that you can do today? Can you finish your college golf season? No. Can you you get recruited by a college coach? No. Can you play in tournaments? No. What can you do? Well, you can get in the gym. You can work on your swing. You can make a plan because when you do come back, you got to be ready. So, but the number one important piece is to really validate how all these kids and athletes are feeling because this is uncharted territory for all of us. We've never been in a situation like this and seasons have never been canceled like that. Right. And opportunities to get recruited have never been canceled like that. So we're all learning this together, how to best navigate. But the most important thing you can do is validate those feelings and not try and turn them off to say something. Yeah, it's going to get, it's going to get better. You can say that after because it will, but to first validate. That's good. That's good. Colby, like for folks at home, I mean, golfers of any level, like are, are there bait, are there some things that you could tell folks that maybe don't, you know, they can't go to the gym or they don't have a trainer. Like, I mean, what are some basic things golfers can do at home to just start where they're going to be better physically? I, I just keep telling like even the club members that I'll see at Frederica or I'll see here at Mobile, like you can use this time to get better physically you know, at the end of this, there's got to be things that any golfer at any level could do that's going to make them a better player when this is over. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of things we can do to get better. I mean, you don't have to have a full-scale gym or anything. I mean, my first thing I would tell people to do is is really work on just moving better. So, I mean, there's specific things that you can do. You can do, like, cat-cows that will get the spine to move better. You can do T-spine rotations. We can do open books. All the movement prep that we do, for athletes day in and day out. Like, you shouldn't stop doing that. I mean, and you can do from a strength training standpoint, too. I mean, you can do squats. You can do body weight exercise. You can do push-ups. Push-ups is probably one of the best exercises ever invented. Um, and that's all a strength component that these guys can do day in and day out. I mean, there's plenty of, of things that you can do, even just being outside. You can run. You can jog. You can run sprints. I mean, you can do, I mean, tons of 
of body movement specific exercises that'll make them better each and every day. And you work on your flexibility, like like carve out 20 minutes a day where you actually do like some foam rolling and some mild fascial release and then do like some active isolated stretching and things like that where you go through that broad spectrum of those specific moves and then you can add those things. I mean, you can curl a water jug. I mean, anything you want to do. I mean, there's tons of things you can use from an equipment standpoint. And so, I mean, I mean, just like a basic plank, if you're getting, if you start this whole thing a week, if you started today and you started doing planks or push-ups, you might be able to do five or maybe 10 or 11 push-ups. And I promise you, if you do that every other day and within two to three weeks, you'll be doing 40 push-ups and being able to do a plank for a minute or even two minutes. Even Tony? So it's all about progress. Even Tony, if Tony would actually hey, do let me tell you it. something. I've been on that diet. I've lost 14 <laughs> pounds. And I'm not, I'm not going to brag, but I'm going to brag. But I've lost 14 pounds. I've been on the treadmill a couple times. Colby, I'm not ready. I'm going to get to the gym. I like it. Making changes. I mean, that's the big thing. I mean, I think we should all use this time to make, get better. Get better mm-hmm. at anything, like Doc said. Like, you know, set some goals for yourself that you really want to accomplish or something that you've never done before. Like you just said, if you've never, I mean, make these challenges for yourself. Like you, what you were saying, you've been on the treadmill a couple of times. We'll make a deal where you say, okay, I'm going to walk X amount of miles a week. And then you just get, you just put that in place. So you got till Sunday to get to your goal and then make it happen. Absolutely. And I mean, I think like, you know, the main thing, one of the big things I've learned being around these great players and anybody can benefit from it is like people that if they really want to get better, they'll find a way to get better. And the people that want to find an excuse all the time are always going to find an excuse. And like the other part of this is if you're trying to play high school or you're trying to play college or you're trying to play professional, if you're not getting better, like, the people that are getting better when this starts are going to be past you and they're going to have gained, they're either going to grain ground on you or they're going to be further past you because there are people that are using this opportunity to get better, whether it's in their golf swing or, I mean, there's stuff you can do just like you can get in the mirror and make sure that your setup's perfect every day on your golf swing. You don't, you don't need to hit a ball. You can, you can be doing the stuff Colby wants you to do in the gym, but there are things you can be doing or you can sit around and feel sorry for yourself that you can't go play 18 holes of golf. In right. I think also from a mental health perspective, let's not lose sight of the fact that hitting golf balls and going to the gym help us feel better. Mm-hmm. Forget about getting better. Let's just go make ourselves feel better. If you want right. to go hit balls all day, have at it. If that makes you feel good. If you want to get in the gym every day, well, to a certain extent, obviously you don't want to injure yourself, but Man, I go for a run and I feel a hundred times better than I did when I woke up because it, it's de- it gets depressing sitting around the house. So this is, we've been out this for a month now, day twenty eight, been in the house. And it's, you want to see some of the comments on Instagram? Somebody just asked me if there's a gym at Bojangles. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh, oh, shoot. Oh, that's good. Tony, got a question, uh, your direction here. Um, someone just asking about, you know, everyone's practicing in a garage, in the garage or wherever they put a net up at their house, right? Beating, beating a lot of balls. Obviously there's one, there's one aspect of just doing it cause you enjoy hitting golf balls and just are having fun. The other aspect is trying to get better, right? A lot of people posting videos, using a bunch of training aids, trying all these different <laughs> things like you can do some harm. 
there as long as some good. What what are you recommending to players right now that are at home? They put a net up in the backyard. They're hitting a bunch of ball. You know, like what what are you recommending? I, I mean, I would I would just sit down with your coach, whoever it is, and I would have a I would I mean, first of all, if you're with a really good coach, you should know the couple things that you need to do to play really good. And I mean, from a setup perspective, I think it's the like to me, the one thing that always separates the really the great players from the people that aren't as great is their their dedication and their commitment to the details and the finer things and and to preparation. And so, I mean, there's no excuse to come out of this and not know how to hell to set up to a golf ball. Right. Everybody can be able to get in a mirror. Everybody can put something down on the ground and learn to step into the ball and put the ball in the right spot for them and get their body postured correctly. Like I would understand this is a great two months, three months, whatever it turns out to be to gain a better understanding of what you need to do to play your best golf. And everybody's different. I'm different than Greg. Greg's different than Colby. I mean, everybody's what it is they need to do is different. And so this is a really good opportunity to gain a better understanding of it and to get better at doing those few things that you need to understand how to do. Are you like taking anybody through swing changes right now? Like, are you, are you taking this time to do that with anybody? You just kind of stay in the course and not. No, I mean, I've got, you know, I think all of us are trying to do the same thing. I think like, and I, I don't think you really change most of these people's golf swings. Like you're trying to get them back to doing the things that they do when they play their best golf, whether it's physically now I'm going to use Lucas again as an example, because we've all worked with like, you know, I mean, at the end of last year, he got tired. Heck, I mean, that's, totally expected right uh played a, a bunch of golf like so he, he's able to get rested i mean he's back in the gym with colby he's hammering it man like saw him hit some balls sent a video like he's turning back into the right hit better than he maybe has since around the british open last year colby when it was really really good so like we don't need to change things we need to get back to it gives us a chance to hit the reset button and i use that a lot and you know the other aspect of that is um you know, and, and then there's other players that are working their way back, had the opportunity to look at old videos, look at old masters tapes from a few years back. Hey, this is what it looked like. This is what we were doing. Like it's a chance to go back with no consequences for the next few weeks, which to me, I mean, Greg, you, one thing I've learned from being around you all these years is that freedom is a big deal. And so yeah. like there's a big freedom in the fact that there's no damn consequences for a period of time. It's like that can be kind of liberating in how we work all of us together. And then the other thing that I stress is that I, it's a big deal to me is I think you, you want all the parts of your team communicating. So like when a player comes to me that works with Colby, Colby and I've talked a bunch before they've come to me and I know what they're doing in the gym. He knows what I'm trying to get him to do. Same thing with Greg. If they work Greg and, and myself, like I'm like, Hey, here's some things this guy's been saying, how should I help coach him and get the most out of him? So I think you want your people talking to each other. And I think you want to have everybody working on the same page to help you do whatever it is you need to do to play better golf. Great. On the, on the flip side of that though, there is no consequence like coming up. There's no tournament to test what you're working on. So how do you know if, you know, if you'd like, you talk about freedom or going back to something, like, how do you know it's going to hold up? Or how do you test yourself on what you're working on there? I mean, you know, it's hard because you're hitting in a net. Some people are hitting a net. I'm very fortunate in that 
I'm unlike most anybody else on this call and that my, where I am, you have the ability to watch somebody hit some balls at a very safe distance one-on-one where they have the ability to go play some golf by themselves in a golf cart or walk. So you get some feedback, but you know, look, there's all kinds of technology nowadays with phones and video and all that stuff and launch monitors. People have opportunities to do things that give them feedback that say whether the ball's doing what they're doing, uh, what they want it to do and stuff. I mean, I think if, again, I hate to say this, but I think if you want to get better and want to get better bad enough, you'll find a way. Agreed. Agreed. Um, we got a question, Jeremy. Now that I'm a 40 something, is there a Colby design video program for purchase that is downloadable so I can watch it? We love making. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're actually working on that right now, actually. So in this downtime, like I was telling you guys before we started the, the chat, um, we've been filming a lot of content for that specifically. So we're looking to hopefully be launching that pretty soon in the next few weeks, hopefully, hopefully in the next two weeks. But we'll have some things available to the public that can go on our website and be able to have those things ready available to them. That's awesome. Obi, let me ask you this. How much do you think, because you know, you've talked about putting a bunch of content together and you're having to figure and be creative to work with people online, you know, online or remote. I wonder if it's going to change the way we work a little bit where there's going to be more access for people to you virtually than there would have been normally. And I wonder if people will maybe use this as a positive afterwards and say like, Hey, I can really do stuff in the home without, you know, Mm -hmm. with somebody that's great that I don't have to be able to drive to. Yeah. I mean, what we're trying to create now is kind of like, it's called a digital, where we're creating a digital platform. So it's basically, I've been working on this probably for the last 10 months and I've uploaded 715 exercises. So I've been doing all, I've been doing all the editing and the wording and the video and editing and all this. I mean, it's, it's amazing the stuff that I've been able to do in the last few months, just trying to get this thing ready and going to get it launched and we'll have it in an app form that you're going to be able to get in there, be able to palm in your hand. So where I can send your, if you're Tom from Connecticut, I can send you your program and then you just log on to it on your phone and you have it in your palm of your hand. So it's like me being there, but not being there, more of a virtual type training deal. And then basically a whole program. So, I mean, he goes in, I, he clicks on movement prep and it gives him his list of exercises to do for, to get his body moving before his program starts. And he clicks on the video and it shows him the exact video of what I want him to do. So it's almost like foolproof, but it's a blueprint that we've been able to, that we're going to be able to establish to be more, from a virtual standpoint, just be more global as well. So because I work with a lot of athletes from, from across the, the world. I mean, I've got kids from Paris, from France and Spain that I work with athletes, golfers and things like that. So, um, and then doing the, from the consulting side too, like from a collegiate program standpoint. So now, like the college golfers that I work with and the programs there, I can design that there where now the strength coach has it on a laptop and he's got the whole program for the team to do on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Absolutely. And I I think it's going to affect the, I think I I taped an interview earlier today for a future podcast with Mark Blackburn. And we talked about how these times are going to, change we're like people i think are going to work more remote they're going to find they can do things they're going to find that a guy in wisconsin is going to find that he can 
he can maybe fix something by working with somebody remote where he didn't know before because he couldn't get outside the house. So I think, I think this, what's going on is going to change our business and lots of businesses down the road. Uh, you know, and I think that, uh, the people that are really, really good at what they do are going to come out of this and people are going to realize that they're better. And I think they can turn it into a positive. No, I mean, I agree. Like it's, it's, it's happening right now. I mean, I think it's, I think it changes as of now. It's, it's never going to be the same. I think it, it opens, it's going to open some avenues to be able to be more global and be more, from a virtual standpoint where you can absolutely work with more people. And, and make it have a bigger impact. And that's that's my goal anyway, is try to get as many people better as I can. So <clears throat> if what comes it, with it, then we'll just take it and we'll run with it. Cordy, Cordy anything else? Yeah, we got a kind of an interesting question for you, Tony, I think would be, uh, I actually, we've gotten a few comments from uh, asking about college, college players and whatnot. There will be a recording of this. It'll be on the podcast um, that you can, check out. So, um, but this is a question from a coach, actually. Uh, Craig is asking, uh, Tony, when a junior goes from your program to a college program, how does the college coach fit into your team? I'm a college coach and feel like each swing instructor is different. What's your ideal situation? Well, I mean, I I think you recruit a kid because he's really good and he can play at your, at your school. So I, I don't know why you'd want to change any part of what he's doing. I mean, you know, uh, I would think you'd want to, you know, make sure the, the, I think you want open communication. I've always had good relationships with the college coaches for the most part I've worked with and tried to get feedback from them as far as what the player is doing on the golf course or in their practice. And I've always tried to be very open with the things that the player needs to work on through fitness, through mental and through the golf swing. And I, I mean, I think that when it works best is when the coach looks at it, like he's a facilitator and a custodian of that program that helps administrate it. And he makes sure that like, if that player's a real, like he's going to a big D one school and he's a great recruit and he's been working with me and going to the gym and he's been doing Colby's program from one of our camps and Greg's been helping him. Like, why the heck would you want to change any of that? I just make sure that, he has access to that when he needs it. So I, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I think he needs it. It works best when the college coach is part of the team and is a facilitator of what's already been going on. Perfect. Perfect. Um, what else do we got here? Any closing remarks? I'll look through a few questions here, see if we've got anything else to, to ask. Greg, any, any closing remarks for us? Uh, just to reiterate the, these unprecedented times and nobody knows how to best navigate. And from my experience, it's been, it's been slowing down and not being in such a rush to get things accomplished in this time period and being uh, nice to yourself and uh, taking time for yourself and getting in the gym and hitting balls. If that makes you feel good, because uh, those are important things to try to maintain a sense of normalcy right now and ever changing situation. Perfect. Colby? Yeah, I mean, just kind of piggyback off what Doc was saying, like, just my best advice for everyone is to just continue to, like, the more you move, the better you're going to feel, and the better you Mm -hmm. feel, like, if it's from a golf standpoint, you're going to play better golf. I mean, it's all about, you know, we try to create from a programming standpoint, and when I, the stuff that I focus more on than anything is, 
it's remember it's, spe- it's species specific. So if I can get you to start to move the way you were meant to move, then you're going to just be a better human, not only, but you're going to, you're going to function better as a human, but you're going to also function better as an athlete. So any type of sport that you're going to try to do, it's going to, it's going to allow you to play better. So if we think about golf, if you're rotating more, like you're going to be able to rotate better in your golf swing. So everything that we want to do is we want to have transference over into that sport. It doesn't do me a bit of good. It's like I tell people all the time, I would never train an offensive lineman like I train a quarterback because it's totally different. You know, so it's like when you think about the specificity of a sport and sports training, if you take golf, for instance, then you want to make sure you understand that you're working on being stable and work on balance and work on your mobility and work on your stability and then also bring that strength component. And if you're going to do one exercise more than anything, you need to make sure you're rotating because golf's a rotary sport. So the more you rotate, the better it's going to have for your golf swing. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah, I think, I think Tony, you know, you always talk about working the plan and just sticking with the plan. And now is a great time just to keep doing that, not to panic, try a bunch of different stuff, just keep working your plan. Like you always talk about, I think now is, uh, it's difficult to do that, but I think it's good advice. As I think think people are going to find out if they've had a good plan at the end of this. And if they got a good team of people around them, because you're not going to be able to fake it at the end of it. But, uh, you know, I, I, with what Colby and Doc said, I mean, look, we've never experienced this. I mean, we're all going through it the same. I mean, I call Colby and Greg all the time and text them, and we all ask advice from each other and tell each other what we're experiencing. So we're all just doing the best we can. But uh, I'll tell you this. I mean, I'm a, one, I appreciate them taking the time, Cordy, out of their days to come and yeah. do this. Um, because they're they're they've got lots of stuff going on, but uh, I mean they're the by far they've been the biggest influences on my career, uh, and the opportunity to work with them has been phenomenal. We've we've had a lot of fun, but we're doing we've had a lot of good times with some good players. So we're gonna keep we're just gonna keep on keeping on, and this thing's gonna pass. Yeah, awesome. agreed. <laughs> thanks everyone for hanging out with us. Hope everybody liked it. Yeah, thanks everybody. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you. Guys, thank you. We'll do it again. Yeah, we will. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. If you want to learn more about Tony, head over to dosweepersgolf.com. To get all the details on what he's up to. Maybe you want to see him, grab a lesson, or go to one of his camps, pick up his book, Lessons from the Legends. You can do that there. If you want to see Tony in action with some videos and other content, head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Tony to get more info there. This episode was powered by the Golf Science Lab and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. There's one thing if you know about me, if you listen, if you've listened to the Dew Sweepers, you've come to see me, listen to me talk, is you know I'm big on loyalty. We give 100% here at the Dew Sweepers. We put a lot of emotional investment into everything we do with every one of our players. 
And the same can be said for our partners and the folks that have been with us for the long haul and help the dew sweepers, uh, help our juniors, help us get to our tour players. And so I want to thank, give a special thanks to our sponsors. Our sponsors are first and foremost, Buick and our local Buick dealers here around the Southeast, Shrixon Cleveland Golf, who've been with me for over a dozen years and their belief and support of what we do here with the dew sweepers. And lastly, the folks at Vineyard Vines. The folks at Vineyard Vines love what we do with junior golf. They support us on the road. There isn't a better family or group of people that are going to help us look our best, play our best, and have more fun than the folks at Vineyard Vines. So special thanks to our sponsors. Please support those as you get the opportunity. And for more information about any of those, check us out at dewsweepersgolf.com, or you can always check me out on Instagram at the Dewsweeper. Sweeper.